The NIL landscape in college athletics is still very much the Wild West, and we're all trying to find our way in it. I know you've got questions. I have questions. Thankfully, we've got people like Graham Boone, the new executive director of Heels for Life, to help us sort through it all. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, October 7th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making our show your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget that we are free and available anywhere you get podcasts, so you can download and subscribe right now to make sure that you don't miss a single second of your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. It is a pleasure today on Locked On Tar Heels to be joined by the brand new director, executive director, excuse me, of Heels for Life for North Carolina, Mr. Graham Boone, who's just getting settled into his new space in Keenan Stadium. Graham, it is great to have you today. You getting settled in there? Isaac, it's great to be here. It's great to be a Thursday before a Miami road trip, four and one for the heels and uh, a lot of work to be done left in the season, but uh, couldn't be more excited to take this role. Yes, absolutely. And we, I know, man, from, from reading everything coming out from North Carolina, I know people around the program and around the university are very excited to have you in that role. We're going to talk later for those of you listening and watching about who Graham is, his background, and just a lot of neat things he's done in life since his days in Chapel Hill as a student. But we want to start by unpacking this name, image, and likeness space. Make sure we're all on the same page with what it is, because some people come to this conversation with a pretty good understanding. And some people are like, I have no idea what this is, but I'm so glad that Graham Boone is here to explain it to me. <laughs> so Graham, let's just start there to make sure to level the playing field and get us all on the same page. Name, image, and likeness, which kicked off July 1st of 2021 was the start date. Would you just give us a brief synopsis of what NIL is? Yeah, so <clears throat> Isaac, it's it's a brand new world, but it's also the same world we've been living in, um, in, in a lot of respects. Name, image, and likeness, or otherwise abbreviated as NIL, um, was actually voted by the Supreme Court with a nine to zero decision. So good luck ever having one of those happen again um, <laughs> in America, which shows the true bipartisanship and support of this. Um, we've been taught for, you know, however long amateur athletics have been in place that we were not going to pay college athletes more than the value of their scholarship. Um, starting with, with, you know, some pioneers in the um, kind of the advocacy movement of people like Ed O'Bannon um, moving to where, NCAA is a multi-billion dollar business. Um, coaches are paid exorbitant salaries. Um, staff and members and coaches are, are all benefiting from the play and work of these athletes. And they believe that the value of a scholarship is just not sufficient um, for what they should be earning. And also them as, um, you know, at 18 years old, you're an adult. You should be able to earn money um, in, in the ways that you see fit. Um, so um, with this new language and, and, and legal um, landscape, um, we've been able to established some really unique ways to pay players um, for their, like I said, name, image, and likeness. But in this new rule, Isaac, the school can still not pay the player any more than their value of their scholarship. So it does not change what North Carolina does, not change what Ohio State does or what Michigan does uh, from an athletic department standpoint. 
But what it does is allows these, these players to find outside opportunities um, to benefit on marketing, on charitable opportunities, on educational opportunities, and receive compensation um, for their efforts, for their time, um, or for their, their image. So as, as a funny example, I remember when I was in school here from 05 to 09, it was the uh, quote-unquote Tyler Hansborough years for basketball. <laughs> and um, there was some Psycho T t-shirts that were uh, like Psycho t-shirts that were printed up and they were really popular and they had to be pulled off the shelf because they had his image on there and they could not profit off of his, his image, nor could Tyler Hansborough um, share in those profits. Um, now, if you wanted to go and buy a Drake May um, football jersey with his name on the back, Drake May receives a portion of those proceeds, um, as he should. It's his name. He's the, he's the, he is the value behind it. Um, so NIL is a brand new space. Um, like you said, it's just over a year in. And like any um, new landscape, people are jumping up to try to profit off of it. There are any number of new vendors, new products, new businesses. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about the, the name of, of collectives here in a few minutes. Yeah. Um, but we are creating a brand new industry um, and one that is um, quite wide open right now. There's not nearly as many regulations as people think there are. Um, so uh, we'll talk a bit more about Heels for Life here in a bit. But uh, NIL is, is certainly here to stay. Um, there is a lot of philosophical um, issues that people have with it saying, you know, hey, you know, I, I'm not comfortable with paying student athletes. Well, it's less about philosophy and more about practicality right now. It's here um, and, it, and it's a way for us to support these players and do it the right way. And my job here at Carolina is to do it the Carolina way. Um, and that means to be a better citizen for the community um, and provide value to these student athletes who work so hard to represent the school on the field. Um, and as you said, I'm brand new in this job. I'm still learning quite a bit. Um, and as I was told by one of my board members in my interview process, they said, I said, well, I'm not an NIL expert to be candid. And they said, Graham, it's only been around for a year. There's not an NIL expert in the country. Make me feel a little better. Yes, exactly. And and that's part of what, what we're trying to figure out. Many, and I know that I've used this phrase, I've heard you use this phrase, refer to NIL currently as the Wild West. Um, for me, I see that as like a direct result of the NCAA's unwillingness as the governing body of coll collegiate athletics to proactively lead out on this and really only backed into NIL kind of kicking and screaming as states began to enact legislation at their state level. Mm -hmm. In your opinion, Graham, if the NCAA had been more proactive, do you think we could already have some better systems and regulations in place from the get-go? Potentially. And I do think that there's some leniency or you know clemency that should be provided to the NCAA because okay. when they are planning for something that has no guardrails and they also don't know if it's going to pass, you're asking them to put laws in place for an industry that doesn't exist. So it's, it's like, it's, it's the same idea when the FDA approves a drug, um, but they don't actually release the drug for five years. Right. So, and, and we, when, when I was a, a player agent in the NBA, when they had the new collective bargaining agreement, they talked about cap smoothing, which would take three to four years to initiate. So there wasn't some big onslaught of money. Um, so with, with NIL and those same analogies, I think that it would have been very tough to say what you can and can't do and who can and cannot participate um, before they were able to see what the landscape was. Now, listen, I think there could have been some good proactivity on um, understanding the scale of NIL um, and what some of these universities can do from a support perspective and their alumni bases who are affluent, fervent, excited to participate. Um, we should have We should have known that you know, alums from places like Carolina and Texas and Miami and LSU who are so committed to these programs and their success were going to be very aggressive in how they supported it. And they were going to find ways to do this um, 
legally, but also, um, you know, maybe thinly margined. And so <laughs> I think that uh, I'm trying to speak diplomatically here. Yes. Um, and you're doing a great job. <laughs> I appreciate it. And so, so no, I don't think there's anything that NCAA could have done okay. structurally, but I do okay. think now that we've had a year of, of data and we're seeing, you know, cause again, Heels for Life, we are a fully private business. I have no official tether to the university. Right. Um, I, I spend a lot of my time with, with Coach Brown, with Pat Suttis, his, um, his, his, his second hand, with the coaching staff here, with our players, with our athletic director. However, I'm a private business, so I can build this in any, any way that any other private business can be built. I can have products and merchandise and donors and investors. All these things are, are, are possible. So I do think that um, we now have enough data that the NCAA should start looking at how we can control this a bit more. And I don't think that's going to impact the players negatively. Um, but I think it will put some guardrails on some um, clandestine and underhanded activities that I'm sure are happening and coming down the pike. And again, spent most of my career as a player agent in the NBA. Um, if anyone's ever uh, Googled that phrase, um, you're going to definitely see the uh, shark infested waters that the people reside within. So um, ho hopefully we will, uh, hopefully we will establish some, um, some, I don't know if it's a governor is the right word, but um, some controls that allow us to support the players in the appropriate way. Um, and get away from what everyone is fearful of, which is just paying to play, yeah. um, which which can get out of hand pretty quickly. Absolutely, it can. And, and thank you, Graham. That's some great explanations there. So as NIL stuff is, is quite confusing to a lot of people, inevitably that leads to misunderstanding. So what are some of the big misconceptions about NIL that you see? Yeah, I think there's, you know, a lot of universities are, very smartly moving conservatively in, in, in how they support and, and interact um, because this is new and they are looking at compliance, protection of their athletes, protection of their students. Um, so I think that a lot of universities are saying, hey, there's all these, we don't want to touch things yet because we don't understand them. And that's a very fair thing to do is, is move this at an appropriate pace. Um, positions like mine, um, where we operate outside, we can help provide commercial opportunities, charitable opportunities, while also still understanding that we are going to work in complete support of the university, because the last thing I would ever do is put university in you know, some sort of compliance issue. Um, so I think the misconception is that there are a ton of rules, that there's some mm -hmm. huge legalese document that's you know 500 pages and extraordinarily confusing, and there's someone right now doing a dissertation on it in a business school. It's not the case. Um, there are largely two rules. You cannot pay to play. So you cannot simply pay a player for their progress in the field, their um, you know the amount of touchdowns they score, they get a certain amount of money. Um, so no incentive-based compensation, nor can you entice a recruit with NIL um, commitments to come to university. So we can't tell a five-star who's going to be great and have tons of NIL opportunities once they reach this level that they can make four hundred thousand. That we'll pay them four hundred thousand dollars once they arrive. You can't do it. But those are largely the two main rules. Now there's a lot of ways to interpret those. Um, who is <laughs> Who is considered a booster and who is not? Who yeah. is considered a, um, a benefactor and a donor and who is not? Um, so there are, there are certain things, um, but Carolina has a fantastic compliance department that we work very closely with. They review all of our contracts before they go out to be signed by the players. Um, we have legal services here at, our, at the UNC Law School who are reviewing player contracts for free um, to ensure that we are doing this the right way. Um, because as, as, you know, as a graduate of this university that's had such an outsized role in my story, um, we want to always ensure that the interlocking NC is kept at, at, the, at the top of the mountain. Um, and we're going to do this the right way um, to that point. 
I love that, Graham. Thank you so much. And that's the very next thing we want to get into is for people watching and tuning in, they want to know, man, what does all this have to do with Heels for Life in the NIL space? And how can I, as a fan of this university and these student athletes, get involved in that? We're going to talk about that in just a minute after I tell you more about Underdog Fantasy. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up the college football season. I've created my own account with Underdog, and I'll tell you exactly what pick'em things I'll be looking at this week. As of this recording, the over-unders for Carolina and Miami aren't up yet, but you better believe I'm taking the over on whatever passing yards they have for Drake May. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just the Tar Heels, and decide if they will finish higher or lower in the given stat. It's one of the easiest fantasy games to play out there, and you can win cold hard cash in a single game. Sign up with promo code Locked On, one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On, all one word. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. Man, great stuff from Graham Boone there. Just beginning to unpack the the general thousand foot view, uh, bird's eye view of what NIL is. Now let's zoom in on the Carolina side of things, specifically Heels for Life, which Graham is the executive director of. So Graham, could you explain for us the goals of Heels for Life, how it's different from other collectives? Yeah. So as I mentioned, collectives are private businesses, usually set up by influential alumni who want to support the university. Um, from a financial and um, programmatic opportunity lens uh, um, standpoint. So every major program has a collective these days. Um, some are sports specific, like Carolina, like Heels for Life, which is for UNC football. And some are umbrella against for, you know, everything ranging from basketball and football to women's soccer to men's cross country and, and tennis. Um, so really what these are providing are organizational opportunities. So the players are going to have advocacy people working for them because these individuals spend so much time at practice, in rehab, in study hall. They do now have an opportunity to capitalize, but they don't have a lot of time, experience, or network to do so. So that's really where Heels for Life comes in, is trying to set up a a scaffolding um, for these Mm -hmm. players to be able to to really um, benefit from the wide array of Carolina businesses that are owned by alums, of, of businesses that are run by Carolina fans who maybe are not alums. Um, for people who have always donated to the university and want to find a new way to get access to the players. Um, so Heels for Life is different from a lot of collectives because we are sports specific. Um, and I think that we are also very different because we are coming at this from a truly business building perspective. Hmm. There are a lot of programs out there who have just taken in massive amounts of cash from influential donors, and they are putting those on checks and contracts and doing some kind of, you know, let's, let's call them thinly veiled pay for play. And um, <laughs> And listen... Those were the same universities that were doing that in the recruiting landscape beforehand. Um, I'm not denigrating any of my other universities. However, it's just a reality of where we are in college athletics. It happened to um, athletes who are choosing agents for the NBA or the NFL. It's just the nature of how much money is at stake in amateur and professional sports. Um, But Heels for Life is truly building this as an operationally sound, functioning business. So we are developing um, a number of revenue generation um, tactics. We are developing donor tiers. We are developing a lot of things that are going to be both building a support base of, 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 of budget for our players, but also 
we are building programmatic things that are going to make them better community citizens, better participants for the university. So um, as a quick example, uh, for the past, you know, I've been here for about five, six weeks right now. I've worked with about 15 of our players individually um, and, and more than that at a collective level. And when I first started, I inherited a few deals where players were supposed to promote Heels for Life on social media. And I thought, well, Heels for Life is not the important thing here. The important thing here is these players' voices and, and benefiting them as young men. So I reached out to a lot of them and said, hey, why don't we choose a hometown charity, something that meant something wow. to you as a kid? So for uh, Storm Duck, it was the Salvation Army of Spartanburg. For Zach Rice, it was Kid Fit Ministries in Lynchburg, Virginia. For Travis Shaw, um, it was the Boys and Girls Club of, um, of, of Greensboro. And this was something that they were excited to, to promote, use their social media reach, use their voice, and it was still part of their obligations for their Heels for Life um, um, contracts. So we were looking for ways for them to be a better community citizen, learn things, learn how to present themselves um, in a branding respect. Um, we were also building programs that are going to be digital internships, speaker series, um, course curriculum here at the Keenan Flagler Business School. They're going to teach them how to do things like taxes, things that I didn't know when I was coming out of school, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I still can't do. Um, <laughs> Um, things on how to build a brand, how to select an agent, um, how to develop a resume or a CV when you're looking to leave Carolina if you're not going to play at the next level. Um, we have a commitment as a university and as a community surrounding that university to empower these students to be the best they can be while they're here and when they leave. Um, because as Max says, this is a four-year choice and a 40-year commitment. That's right. um, and that is a really powerful statement. I mean, I'm, I'm probably the biggest poster boy of that, of that phrase because I chose Carolina. It was the best decision I could have made for my undergraduate studies. And then now I've had the opportunity to, to learn, speak, and network for the last 13 years since I've left with another number of major, um, majorly influential alums that have been great, great mentors to me. And now to come back and give back to university that's given so much to me, that's the same aspect and opportunity we want to provide these players that go out there on Saturdays. Yeah, that's great. And I love that place that you're putting Heels for Life in, not as as the poster or the show, but being the facilitator through which all this stuff happens. And I just really appreciate Heels for Life living in that space of shining the light on the players and then these things that can make them uh, the people that of, of the Carolina way, as you've so well said. And I know that somebody like Dean Smith would look on that and love it, you know, and, and that's <laughs> so just yeah, just that just that, that sentence made me smile um because you know people like dean smith and and roy williams and and you know, torbush and bunting and butch davis and mac, you know, mac brown the, all these people have had such a role in creating and protecting this 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 university and i think that um you know what i've been so impressed with and what i'm so excited to continue to develop programming for are the players and mm -hmm. i don't mean how good they are in the field Mac Brown and his staff have done a tremendous job in recruiting good people. And that means something to me. It means something to our fans, at least it should. Um, people like Tony Grimes, who are exceptionally personable, um, responsive, grateful um, when, they, when they have opportunities provided for them. Um, this man is probably going to play on Sundays here in, here in a year or two, but he's going to have a microphone in his hand at some time in the future because he's that, he's that engaging of, of a personality. Travis Shaw, Zach Rice, Storm Duck, Geo Biggers, Power Eccles. These guys are the ones you hear on the PA announcement in Keenan Stadium, but they're also the guys who are texting me about opportunities, things that they can help lend their name to, lend their voice to. Um, so I'm just so excited to work with all of them. And I can't, I'm honestly, I don't know what I was expecting as far as the interpersonal relationships with the players, but whatever yeah. I was, it's exceeded that. 
Yeah, um, they, so they've great. really been tremendous. So it's a credit to Mac. It's a credit to this university um, for finding people that are going to represent UNC in, in a great light. Man, that's so good, Graham. And, and I think that leads us right into what people are wondering is like, how can I as an individual fan or as we as a family work at supporting these players through Heels for Life without, you know, inadvertently with good intentions doing something that would actually have a negative impact on them? So how can they, through Heels for Life, support these players and the things that they care about? Yeah, the first rule of thumb is come through Heels for Life. We are that <laughs> barrier of protection, of advocacy, of of indemnification, of legal protection. That is why we've built this entity is to provide a safe vehicle to support these players. Um, so there's a couple of things that are currently in place. And then I should say that a lot more are being built right now. We have grand designs for the, for Heels for Life and for the NIL um, opportunities here. So right now, a couple things. Heelsforlife.org, that's heels4life.org. Um, go to our website you'll see that there's um, information about NIL. There's a video from Mac Brown explaining, explaining the new NIL landscape. Um, and there's opportunities to donate per month at whatever level you're able to do so. As low as $10 per month, as high as 100, 500, 1,000 per month. You're able to donate. And we are gonna provide things like exclusive content for the, from the players. We're gonna provide um, links to their charitable um, causes. They're supporting uh, opportunities to come meet the guys at um, autograph signings, at tailgates. Um, a lot of those will be more um, in person in the off season when the guys have a little bit more time. Um, but we're, we know what these these fans want, and it's access to the players. It's access right. to their personalities. It's access to the coaches. Um, so go to Heels for Life. You'll see some things that we currently have in place. But then to kind of tease some things that we're building, um, we're going to be developing a corporate partnership strategy that's going to have um, a lot of businesses that are run by, I said, Carolina alums, Carolina fans that are going to be sponsoring certain players, sponsoring certain position groups, providing unique uh, merchandise, unique retail items um, that are going to be part going to the players and part going to charities. Um, so if you have a business, if you have people in your in your network that would like to support UNC Athletics, have the support of the players, um, they can reach out to our contact form on our on our website. Um, we'll talk to them about the opportunities we have. They can hear what they're kind of looking to do. We can be that creative engine to provide what they're looking for. So we can say, hey, I think we have a great idea with our our special teams unit. Or hey, I know that you know Amari and Hampton. I'm making it up. Is really passionate about kids fitness. So let's, let's work on maybe a deal that has a, you know, him, him running a fantasy camp for, for kids in the, in, in yeah. the spring um, that has a charitable element to it. So um, a lot of opportunity, it's only limited by our creativity. Um, so please reach out um, to Heels for Life um, through our contact portal, through our website. Um, and then moreover, if you have a, a nonprofit or you know of a nonprofit yeah. that could benefit from the voice of these players, from the participation of these players, um, mefind.org is a, a really unique um, nonprofit in the Chapel Hill area that Armando Bacot from the basketball team just lent his voice to and went over and, and made some visits to the, to the, the, the young people in the hospital. Um, these are things these players love doing. Um, it really is. And when they have time, especially in the offseason, we're going to put a lot of commitment into that. So um, reach out, engage. Um, and then obviously we'll be providing um, new social media um, um, handles, new digital episodes for our players, a lot of things in the works to, to, to kind of spread the message a bit, a bit more. I think another question that a lot of people are wondering is, as you talked about, Heels for Life is a private and independent non-for-profit. Mm -hmm. And, but like- Well, we are, for, we are for-profit. For-profit, sorry. Um, but, we, I, but I should say that's a really interesting. There's a lot of conversation right now because some some collectives are having a 501c3 element. Um, yes. We are exploring that as well for donors to, who would like to donate to it. But that also means we have a commitment to ensuring that that money going to the player 
is also going to benefit a true nonprofit. It's going to sure. benefit something that has um, a charitable capacity. So um, we are exploring that. Um, it's a very unique conversation right now in the NIL world. Um, and a lot of people are doing it to um, skirt tax tax laws to still pay the players. <laughs> We're doing yeah. it to ensure that we can, yes, provide an, an opportunity for a donor to be more comfortable with what they're donating, but also that we are going to truly provide the value back to a charity. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for correcting me there. Yeah, in of my, course. My misspeak. But uh, as an independent entity, but yet, you know, you're sitting there in Keenan Stadium right now. So what what is the connection between heels for life and the athletics department. And I know a lot of people currently already give to the Rams club. So what is, what is all the interplay there? Yeah. So um, I've been so lucky to have phenomenal stakeholders across the university. So that goes from John Montgomery and his team at the Rams club. Um, it goes to Mac Brown and the football staff here at Akina stadium. It goes to um, the, the community leaders um, within Chapel Hill. Um, Keenan Flagler business school has been setting up some programming for, for heels for life. Um, the journalism school, we're talking about an internship program so I can have some UNC students involved with helping Heels for Life. So I've been so, so fortunate. And then, of course, Bubba Cunningham, our athletic director, has been a tremendous support um, for, for me as, I, as I've gotten onboarded. Um, so while there is no official tether, I spend my day in and around Chapel Hill. So at times I come down here for some meetings with Coach Brown, um, with his staff, um, to ensure that we are um, on the same page with what we're trying to do for, for the players, what their schedules are, when they're going to be able to do post for charities when they're going to be do appearances, um, ensuring that we are um, talking to our proper donors um, and making sure they feel comfortable with what they're doing and not just asking for their money, asking for their input. These are people who have made tremendous um, lives in business. And we want to make sure that we are imploring, uh, employing their help and services into how we build this company. I would be I would be quite arrogant to think I could do this on my own and have a, and have all these incredibly accomplished Carolina alums not tell me their opinions on how to build this this um, this organization. So I spend my days um, meeting with donors, um, meeting with um, the coaching staff, meeting with the Rams Club, um, and meeting with, uh, with community leaders on how we establish this. So it's the Chapel Hill Chamber of Commerce. Um, it's, it's media outlets so we can get the word out about what we're doing. So I float is, is, is the correct answer uh, many <laughs> days. So um, this is not my office. It is just a place I like to spend some time because it allows me to get closer to the players, closer to the coaches, the people that we're truly supporting. Very good, Graham. Thank you so much for unpacking that for us, helping us understand a little bit more about how they can connect through Heels for Life to help out these players and the things that they care about. We're going to talk more about Graham himself, his experiences at North Carolina as a student, and what he's been doing since, right after I tell you about our Drive for Five. We'd love for you to join our Drive for Five. We are pushing towards getting 5,000 YouTube subscribers by the time the college basketball season tips off. One of the ways we're doing that is each week in October, we're having a giveaway here on Locked on Tar Heels. This week, it's a free $10 Starbucks gift card. All you have to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going to have a drawing this Saturday. Whoever wins is going to win a free digital $10 Starbucks gift card. Thanks so much for helping us in our drive for five. So we want to wrap up our time together today by just getting to know Graham himself a little more. And so, Graham, first off, I just want to ask you, what was it about this role that intrigued you? It's really interesting, Isaac, that, um, as I mentioned, I'm the son of a Carolina graduate. I'm the brother of a Carolina graduate. Um, I, I went here. I was a Moorhead scholar. Um, I ran track for about six weeks before an injury and lack of talent had me off the team. Um <laughs> And, uh, and so when I was an undergraduate here, I, I stayed extremely active on campus in the sports kind of community 
um, because it was a passion of mine. It was just so infectious when you're on this campus. I mean, it's a part of Carolina's culture. Um, and so I uh, ran club cross country and track and field for three years. Uh, I was a member of the Carolina Athletic Association. I developed a role called the director of, of ticketing. So I worked on UNC football and UNC basketball's ticketing um, kind of allocation systems, um, helping nice. implement the randomization tools that they still use apparently, which is remarkable. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I got to know a lot of the, the senior staff members, the athletic department. I got to understand the culture of, of UNC athletics. So when I graduated and, and went to, to join the broader sports world and left UNC, um, I always wanted to remain close. Anything that I could do to help the university, um, I always tried to, to make, um, make the time for. So I came back for a number of times to speak at some networking events, some sports business summits. I've had a UNC intern, um, I think eight or nine years in a row um, at my various companies. Um, and so it, it's just been a tremendous opportunity for me to give back. So I never did this with the assumption that I would have an opportunity to work here. Uh, my career had taken me mostly through professional sports. Yeah. Um, and so there was always this kind of pipe dream of, man, it would be great to get back to Chapel Hill, but I never knew that there'd be an opportunity like this. So when I was reached out to, it was, of course, incredibly humbling and flattering to even be considered for the role. Um, but it was not just the, the role that it enticed me. It was the people supporting it. Um, mm -hmm. it, was, it, was, it was Bubba Cunningham. It was Mac Brown. Um, it was Bill Goodwin on, on my board. Um, it was John Montgomery in the Rams Club. Um, it was uh, Dwight Stone, the former chair of the Board of Trustees. Um, their their words of support let me know that I, let me know that although I'm an employee base of one for the moment, I am not a group of one. Um, I'm going to have every um, every tool um, in the kit to to be successful here. Um, and then, listen, let's be honest. When when Mac Brown gives you a phone call and and, and tells you you're the guy for the job and he really wants you to come join, it's going to be tough to turn him down. Um, and I think, I think all of our players who signed here would say the same thing. Um, he's just a tremendous leader. He's a tremendous person. He's genuine in his support for these athletes. Um, and so it just, it gave me all of the affirmation and validation that my, my thoughts about Carolina were true. That th the things that I hold dear about this university, um, uh, and the feeling you get when you're on campus are supported and represented so well by the people who are my biggest stakeholders. So Yes, NIL is a tremendous opportunity. I've always, I, I told my, my friends I'm a masochist in business because I continue to join smaller and smaller organizations with fewer <laughs> resources and bigger goals. Um, so we're joining at this unbelievably exciting and unique right. and scary time, you know, in, in some respects. And that's just such a, you know, I used to say this phrase that I, I made up and it's, it's cliche, but it's fun. If at the end of your life, you're going to write a book, make it worth reading. And, and what a chapter I'm going to get, in, I'm getting to write in my story and hopefully benefiting others in, in my opportunity here. Um, so I've been smiling since I took this job um, and maybe it's smiling through, through the anxiety and the stress of what NIL can really be. Um, but again, I just such a great support system. And um, like I said, my wife and I are moving down from New Jersey um, to, to Durham. We have a great place, um, you know, a couple miles from this other school that we have to play twice a year um, in basketball and, in, and next week in football. But um, we, we're so excited to be down here and be integrated in the community. It's such a special place. Um, and I, I can't, I think I told my, uh, my father who I said was a UNC grad, I feel most like myself when I'm on this campus. Hmm. I think that's a, a great phrase to leave that on. And that's, <laughs> man, that, that's a glowing uh, review that any university would want to have said about them. Speaking of which, man, Graham, from our conversations prior to the show, um, that we've had the last several weeks and, and talking today, it, it is evident 
what an influence this university has had on you and your life and your family's life, quite frankly. Would you share just a memory or two of why that is true? Wow, uh, we could be here all day. My computer doesn't have <laughs> enough battery for those stories. Um, you know, I, I've, I mean, obviously, I spent four years here um, as, as an undergraduate, but I, I think back even before that, uh, my father, you know, taking my brother and I to football games growing up, and I think my father is a bigger football fan and basketball fan, which I didn't, I didn't know many of those growing up um, in North Carolina. Um, so I have the, I have all the requisite pictures with Ramsey's as a kid. Um, I used to go to Dean Smith basketball camp most summers, and. One memory I have is uh, when I was, uh, gosh, I must have been nine or 10, um, came here to Dean Smith's basketball camp, and they were kind of putting us in little groups and teams for the week um, that you played, you know, your little like five-person team, and you played other little five-person teams around, you know, little, little kind of round-robin style. And the coach of my little team was Vince Carter when he was an undergraduate. <laughs> wow. And he was a sophomore, I think, and they did a current player versus former player game. And I remember I went to the game and I'll tell you what happened in a second because I ran home and I ran back to the dorms. I called my mom and I said, Vince Carter just did a windmill dunk in a game and Jerry Stackhouse high five me. <laughs> and it was just, you know, in my mind, there were no bigger celebrities. I couldn't have told you who was president at the time, but <laughs> these were, you know, these were, these were gods among men um, when I was growing up. So just, those kind of fun feelings. And then I'll never forget my father, who is such a traditionalist Carolina fan. We got to uh, my freshman year, we're, tech, we're on, you know, getting into the dorms. He takes me to Ramshead Ratskeller, the old Italian spot in the, in the, in the alleyway on Franklin Street um, that was an institution for decades. And he was so excited to take me to this. Let's be candid. It was, wasn't great Italian food, but it was a very cool atmosphere. And it was such, a, it was such an institution. And the next year it closed. Okay, just had been had been a great run. My dad was crestfallen. He was just like, how do you close the rat skeleton? Um, and so just it shows the kind of long tiered influence, a long tailed influence this place can have over you. Um, and I think that all of my friends from Carolina um, will say the same thing. When you walk around this campus as a as an adult, as an alum, you have a story about every nook and cranny on this campus, whether it's a funny story about eating in the Lenore dining hall, whether it's a class you had in the basement of a building that had no AC at the time, or whether it's rushing Franklin when Hansborough hit a three to beat uh, Duke on his, uh, on JJ Reddick's senior night. Um, those are the, those are the memories that, that kind of keep you coming back. Um, and so, yeah, again, I, I could just keep talking, but I, I think we have a probably a time limit on this pod. Uh, yeah. You know, I think we got to stop at some point, <laughs> man. Well, folks, this, this is what I love is, it's clear from listening, from, from those of you watching, you see it. Graham Boone is a Tar Heel, and his job is to facilitate helping get you to be able to have the opportunity to interact with today's Tar Heels. And man, what a wonderful and beautiful pipeline that is. There's a lot more let yet to be figured out in the NIL landscape, but we are very fortunate as the University of North Carolina to have Graham Boone helping us do that. Graham, thank you so much for being with us today. Isaac, thanks so much. And as always, go Heels. Go Heels. That's it for this week of Locked on Tar Heels, where we bring you your team every day. Want to remind you to enter in our Drive for Five Starbucks gift card drawing? All you got to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel. Coming up next week, we will have our Miami recap. We will have a live action recap. In fact, we're going to have a live action recap with one of the guys on the play-by-play -play that evening. Super fun and looking forward to that. 
You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me on Twitter at Isaac Shade. If you want to get more on the ACC, you can do that by making Locked on ACC your second listen. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you around the conference in 30 minutes, five days a week. We'd love for you to subscribe to the show, smash the like button, leave some great comments on your questions or thoughts about NIL, and make sure you hit that bell so you get a notification anytime a new episode drops. Really hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the Carolina and Miami game. We'd love to see the Tar Heels move to 2-0 in the conference. But as for today, I want to remind you that it is always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until next week, peace.